Wasn't that a great gospel? The gospels of the Easter season, they're all good, but the uh, gospels of the Easter season are really life lessons, really life lessons. And this gospel today is, is a great one for us to do this little exercise with. When you hear a gospel that you really like, think through it and put yourself in as one of the persons. And so the gospel that Deacon Paul just proclaimed, so who are you in the gospel today? Are you locked away? Are you in fear of something? Or are you like Thomas? Are you just kind of absent? Great things to think about on this Divine Mercy Sunday. And it might not seem that there's a connection between Divine Mercy and Doubting Thomas, but I think there is. And I'll give you a little assignment so if you don't have anything to do on this rainy afternoon. Uh, get on the computer and Google Caravaggio. That's an artist, Caravaggio. And look up the Doubting of Thomas on Caravaggio. There's a, there's a great, great painting. And it leaves nothing up to the imagination. So it has Jesus with his robe hiked up here. And Thomas has got his finger in the flesh. And the look on his face is amazing. The message, I think, that comes to us in this second week of Easter is don't waste your doubts. Don't waste your doubts. Now think about Thomas the night before. The night before, Jesus says, okay, uh, I'm, I'm going to go, and you know the way that I'm going. And Thomas was the one who said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And what did Jesus respond? I am the way and the truth and the light. Okay? But Thomas didn't get it yet, even though Jesus told him that. And so where's the mercy in that? Well, a couple of things. One of the commentaries that I read this week by a Dominican whose name was uh, John Cameron, he defined mercy as this. Mercy is God's preferential love for us when we deserve it the least. Let me repeat that. Mercy is God's preferential love for us when we deserve it the least. I think a lot of times we think of mercy as when your older brother or your cousin is beating the crap out of you and you holler, mercy, mercy, and you cry, uncle. That's not what mercy is, okay? So this is God's preferential love. When we deserve it the least, he loves us anyway. So it's really about a relationship that's based on love, huh? Thank God God doesn't give us what we deserve. We'd all be in trouble. But let's go back to this idea about doubt. Why is doubt such a bad thing? Well, it makes us hard. We are impenetrable. We are closed off. I do think a lot of times we're fearful. That's why people get closed off. That's why they, they have doubts. It's fearful. And many times it's because we refuse to let ourselves be loved or forgiven or accepted. And we forget that God loves us even when we don't love ourselves. So in that sense, all doubt can lead us to a deeper faith. So doubt can be good. Pope Benedict said uh, in something that he wrote before he was Pope, he said this, faith can only mature by suffering at every stage in life the power of unbelief. In other words, I think that a lot of times we think that faith means, oh, I'm really strong and I don't have any doubts and I have it all together, and that's not what faith is at all. He says it can only mature, we can only grow in our faith that if we're honest at every stage in our life, there's some things that we just don't buy, that we just don't get. 
There's something to be said about having doubts in our lives. I'm always suspicious of people, not in a judgmental way, but I'm suspicious of people who never have any doubts. I don't think they're really paying attention. Or they're just afraid to dig under the surface and see what's really going on in life. My experience as a priest is that those who have unshakable certitude fall the hardest and find the hardest time to give up. I think that I was a lot more sure of things in earlier years than I am now. I have a lot more doubts than I had when I was first ordained, and certainly more than I had when I was in college or in high school. But I think it's because you come to understand that things are a lot more complex than you think they are, and so that maybe you don't have all the inf information. You know, sometimes people ask me, Father, do you miss, I was in college work for 17 years, they say, do you miss college kids? And I said, I don't miss the drama or the late nights. But what I do miss is the doubts. Because young people were very, very forthright about their doubts. Father, I just don't buy this. Those are great conversations. I'd rather have those conversations than people who kind of pretend like they have it all together or that they don't, they've got all the corner on the marker and they don't need to know anything more. I like having those arguments, some people would call them, those discussions with young people. But back to Thomas. Thomas wasn't lazy. Thomas really wanted to believe. The thing I like about Thomas in this gospel is that he was honest. We don't know why he wasn't with the rest of the group. But the second time when they were together and he was there, and I, I can't imagine how he felt when Jesus went up to him and said, Thomas, come here. Stick your finger in my wounds. And he goes, oh, my Lord and my God. He nailed him. He really wanted to believe. The question on this Sunday is, do you? Are you okay with just a gray, milk toast, kind of pablum kind of faith? Or do you want to really grow? If you do, then we have to think about our doubts. So let's think for just a minute what belief is not. I think this is instructive. Belief is not getting everything all figured out. You will never get it all figured out. People say to me, well, Father, I just go back to church if I get, as soon as I can get this God thing figured out. Well, you'll never be back because you won't get it figured out. It's not about having all the answers, like it's some kind of a course you take, and if you get 75%, you're going to go to heaven. And it's not having a lot of proof or evidence about things. Because if it's about proof or evidence, it's not about faith. No, belief is an act of our will. We choose to believe or not. Just like love, it's an act of will. You're not going to wake up someday and go, oh, I get it now. Ain't going to ever happen. It's not going to happen. It's a choice. It's a choice. And so as I look at my faith in my own life over the years, there have been different times, whether it's stuff at the church or how God seems to handle things. And I, I've been at different places at different times. But I tried to be honest about that. And so that's why I say that, that uh, don't waste our doubts. Don't waste our doubts. But this is what I think we need to do with them. You need to tame your doubt or train your doubt. What do I mean by that? 
I mean, don't just say, well, I just don't know about that. Doubt must become knowing. There needs to be some movement. I think I told you the story about a guy that I had in high school when I was at Waller. And the year he graduated and went to UNI, I was transferred from Waller to UNI. And so the first semester, I didn't see him at, at Mass at all. And so then I saw him on campus one day. He was a basketball player. And I, and I went up and grabbed him by the ear. And I said, where have you been? He said, oh, I don't know if I believe anymore. I'm thinking about being Muslim. And I said, if you can't get to Mass once a week, how are you going to pray seven times a day? Get your butt to church. He came back, and I put him to work painting. We have to face it. We have to criticize it sometimes. If I'm doubting something, okay, what is it that bugs me about this? Or if I have a doubt about something about God, what, what am I afraid of? What are the answers leading me to that I don't maybe want to look at? Admit it, acknowledge it, but don't give up. Say, well, I just don't believe, so I don't go anymore. No, that's being lazy. <laughs> that isn't doubt. I think that as we look at today's gospel, one of the things we can say is that doubt is one of our wounds. Doubt's one of our wounds. We're probably all going to have some at some point in time, and some may never go away. St. Jerome said this. I love this quote. If a sick person is too ashamed to show his wound to the doctor, the medicine cannot heal what it cannot know. Think about that for a minute. If a person's too sick, too ashamed to show their wound to the doctor, the doctor, the medicine can't heal what it doesn't know. The best person to tell your doubt about is God. I don't believe you. Now there's a great prayer. You know why? Because it's honest. There's no dancing around with that. Like, well, you know, Lord, I kind of like to... No, I don't get this. Help me out. So don't fear doubt. Just don't live there. Don't live there. Be dissatisfied with that and keep moving on. Remember that it's not Christ's strength that healed us. It was his wounds. Remember that. Jesus didn't heal us because he was super God and, and he was really strong. No, the scriptures tell us by his stripes we were healed. By his wounds. Remember the agony in the garden? Lord, if this cup can pass away, but your will be done. By his wounds we are healed. So ultimately, the, I think the life lesson in this Easter, early Easter season is this. It's not our strength that deepens our faith. Oh, I need to really work on this so I grow in my faith. No, it's being honest about our doubts. That's what leaves room for growth. I remember one time years and years ago, I was preaching about this, and I shared what some of my doubts were, and a man came up to me after Mass, and he said, Father, you can't say that. And I said, what do you mean? He said, you, when I come to church, I have to hear that you have it all together. And I said, you need to go to a different church. <laughs> He was afraid if I surface my doubts because I think he had some of his own. If we're strong and sure, we don't need Christ because he came to save us and heal us. And that includes our doubts. So who are you in the gospel? Don't waste your doubts. They're the way that provides to us for healing and, and transformation. We are an Easter people, and Alleluia is our song, even in our doubts. <laughs>